Hello, viewers. Once again, it's me, Edwin Norman, and this is my channel. It pays to fear God. This is where we learn about God, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose. The three most important subjects that we can ever learn about, talk about, or discuss in the entire Holy Bible, according to John chapter 17, verse 3. The subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, The Glorification of the Church. However, before I get into that, we are once again going to hear a tune that some of us might be familiar with. And while that tune is playing, you can go ahead and subscribe and also click the notification bell so that you can be notified when we make our next videos. Once again, the subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, The Glorification of the Church. To start off with, I want to just define a few words for this subject so that we can be familiar with them as I use them and generally mix them around from time to time. To start off with, to glorify means to make admirable. So that when somebody looks at it, they feel nice looking at it. They feel good looking at it. It's pleasurable to the eyes, whether physically or spiritually. And the church, the more important word, has to do with the people. The people that are in line with God's principles. And when we understand this, that Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, where two or three are gathered in our name, is understood in that light. In the book of Acts of the Apostles, places where a church was mentioned, Acts chapter 2, verse 47, chapter 5, verse 11, and chapter 8, verse 1, that was not referring to some massive cathedral where thousands or hundreds of people will gather. Because really, that didn't even exist back then. It was rather in your houses or even in a tree, whatever. Simply because it means the people who have the same mind as God, who share God's principles. And the Bible has talked about how God will glorify his children. It's really all over the Bible. If you read Psalms chapter 149, verse 4, David the psalmist had stated, For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. And in chapter 147, verse 3, David the psalmist had also stated, He healeth the broken in heart, and bindeth up their wounds. However, how is this process really going to happen? And in order for this process to happen, what has to give? What has to change? What has to be adjusted? 
Well, that is what I'm going to be discussing in this video. To start off with, before I go into some examples of the glorification of the church in the Old Testament and in past time and also in these last days, we have to go through a couple things that need to be understood before we go into examples of the process taking place. Starting off with the reason for it. Why does the church of God need to be glorified? Well, you glorify something that is not beautiful. You don't, for example, you don't say you want to beautify gold. You know, you might want to say you want to beautify mud because mud doesn't really look good. And similarly, in these last days, the wicked do not need to be glorified, but the righteous need to be glorified because they are as the heat of the desert, meaning they're always waiting for rain to come. Spiritually speaking, they're waiting for God to fulfill their dreams, which are, he's going to set up his kingdom, he's going to rescue us from the bondage of the wicked ones. All apostles Jesus Christ and the other prophets of God had talked about the persecution that themselves and the other righteous ones had to go through. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 12, for example, Jesus Christ had stated, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. If you also read Hebrews chapter 11 and from verses 36 to 38, we see that after St. Paul had spent some time talking about people who really had and demonstrated belief in God, we see that he was talking about how there are many people, including himself, of course, that were stoned, that were persecuted, their job was made hard, all because of the wicked. You also read this in Revelation chapter 2 from verses 8 to 10 where Jesus Christ was talking to a certain church about the same idea. The wicked rose up. They glorified themselves by taking the positions that the righteous were supposed to take. The way, of course, Satan the devil came and decided to take over this world by selling that seed to Eve. And after all of that, we see that wickedness took over this world and the righteous became small and the wicked became big. That is essentially the reason for the glorification of the church. It is to remove the righteous from that idea of being cactuses or cacti wanting to always have rain. That idea of hope that, oh, God will perform our wishes to, oh, we are like the trees now. We have gotten all that we wanted and we are full of life. That is the purpose of the glorification of the church. And that process cannot take Place without some adjustments being made, namely Ezekiel chapter 21, verse 26. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. In Psalms chapter 25, and verses 2 and 3, David the Psalmist had stated, O oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without 
cause. If we read Luke chapter 19 verse 27 as well, at the end of the parable that Jesus Christ was telling, after the landlord had come to find out what the servants had done, he said, But those men enemies, which were not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. In Proverbs chapter 11 verse 31, King Solomon had also stated, Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked and the sinners. See also Psalms chapter 92 from verses 4 to 15. Because the wicked take over the world, the only way that the righteous can be glorified, the only way that they can truly feel glorious is when those people that were preventing them persecuting them, making them suffer, simply doing the right thing, come to the bottom so that the righteous can come to the top, and then the righteous can be the ones looked up to, they can be the ones honored, and the prophecies and the sayings that they had all come to pass. It is only when the wicked are defeated that the glorification of the church actually happens and takes place. The Israelites, the process through which they suffered and were glorified, is in fact a shadow, a kind of what is going to be happening in these last days. In Exodus chapter 2, from verses 23 to 25, we see that the Israelites had been yearning. This was something that was going to happen because this was a, almost a promise made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15 in verses 13 and 14 that the Israelites were going to be under affliction, under serious bondage for 400 years, sometimes even considered 430. And the Israelites were under that. The prophecies were fulfilled. But starting from when Moses was chosen by God to rescue them from Egypt in Exodus chapter 3 from verses 1 to 14. And how that manifested into the ten plagues, which manifested into the Israelites going out of Egypt, not just empty, but with a lot of spoil from the Egyptians. That was the glorification of the church for the Israelites. But before they were low, they were being persecuted. The Egyptian empire was thriving because of all the slaves they had. But now, because the survival of the Egyptian empire depended on the release of the Israelites at the time. That is the glorification of the church in the times of the Israelites. And when the Egyptians came after them again in Exodus chapter 14, that's when the Egyptians were taken and destroyed in the Red Sea. They all suffocated to death in there, them and their horses and all the property that they brought because God wanted to glorify the Israelites. And like I said, that is supposed to typify, it's supposed to foreshadow the glorification of the church and what is going to be happening in these last days. Just as how Moses had told the Israelites, these Egyptians that are persecuting us, you're not going to see them anymore. If read Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, the enemies of God are also going to be wiped out so that the glorification of the church can happen. All of this, of course, happening at the same time. Just as how 
Moses and the Israelites and everybody there was glorified when the Egyptians were to be destroyed. God, anytime he appeals to people and he teaches them what they're supposed to do, what happens if they fail, and they still decide to do the opposite. God is glorified when those things happen to such people. In Proverbs chapter 1, from verses 24 to 30, God told just to King Solomon that when I appealed to you and you waste it all, we fail the grace of God. If read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, then once your calamity comes, God is going to call all his friends, the angels, Jesus Christ, everybody who's been supporting it. And they say, come look at this guy. He has clearly found out that we are the true ones. And then God is glorified. If read Psalm chapter 37, verse 13, we see the thing, we see the same thing. The Lord shall laugh at him. For he seeth that his day is coming. See also Psalms chapter 2 verse 4. If you also read Zechariah chapter 1 from verses 4 to 6, talking about the exile and everything that the Israelites had went through, God told the people there that don't be like your fathers, because as much as they could do, my prophecies, they overtook them. Where are your fathers? Where are they? But I am still here, and now I have been glorified because of what has happened to them. That is God's glorification. Then, the glorification of Jesus and his apostles is really no different, because Jesus Christ has suffered a lot. And guess what? When it was time for Israel and the Jews there to be destroyed in AD 70 with the Romans, that was Jesus Christ's version of the glor glorification. Because in Luke chapter 19, from verses 41 to 44, and Matthew chapter 23, from verses 33 straight down to verse 38, those curses, those prophecies that he made, God made sure that they did not fall to the ground, but they were manifested to the letter so that Jesus Christ would be glorified. And his prayer, Jesus Christ himself, to God was answered in John chapter 17 and verses 4 and 5. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. And indeed, what happened to the Pharisees, the Jews, and their traditions because of their iniquities, their cup being full, that was Jesus Christ's glorification. Not only was Jesus Christ glorified, but the apostles that suffered with Jesus Christ, their prophecies to the history of Christianity, and what ended up happening to Christianity, which is happening right now, that is the glorification of the apostles as well. Because when the apostles were preaching that Jesus Christ has been resurrected, he is our savior, believe in him, people killed them. You know the history of St. Peter, you know the history of St. Paul, you know the history of St. James, Jesus Christ's brother. You all know that they were rather beheaded, or they were stoned, or they were killed in some other way, or even if they weren't murdered or assassinated, they were simply persecuted. If we know the history of Christianity, all of this will be understood. But when such institutions collapse, when the judgments that are happening right now finish happening, the saints, the apostles that were to preach such things will be glorified. In Revelation chapter 6, 
in verses 9 and 10, and foreshadowed by the parable of that very persistent widow in Luke chapter 18 from verses 1 to 8. They were saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? That was their suffering. That was them being low. And then when such things happen, they are glorified. They are lifted. They are exalted because now... The people that persecuted them have to have their own taste of the desserts. They have to be the ones to gnaw at the table as well. It's very important that we understand the glorification of the church goes down in each of its levels. But of course, the one that happens to righteous ones of God, hopefully me and you viewer, is also taking place in these last days. Because Jesus Christ has been crowned king over God's glorious government. If we read Isaiah chapter 32 verse 1, Psalms chapter 72 from verses 1 to 19, and chapter 21 verse 3, sending a crown of pure gold on his head. We see that Jesus Christ is going to be paying people back for their works, abasing the high and exalting the low. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. And then he shall reward every man according to his works. While the wicked, especially the people, not necessarily the ignorant ones, but specifically the people who were championing over the kingships, the ones that were deciding to take over Christianity, ruin it for the righteous ones of God, and for anybody else that could have benefited. If we read history, we see how there are people, the princes, the priests, they all ganged up to take over the entire world and bring God out of it, shove God, cast them out. Now, those institutions are not going to be surviving for much longer in fulfillment of Revelation chapter 14, chapter 18, and many other places. In fact, the whole book of Revelation is all about how spirituality, the whore, is going to be taken on and wrestled to the ground by the beast if we read Revelation chapter 17 and verses 16 and 17. And the righteous ones of God who believe in God and who believe that those things are going to happen are going to be glorified. If we read that Revelation chapter 19 from verses 1 to 5. Because what they hoped for, the answer to Matthew chapter 6 and verses 9 and 10. The kingdom come that will be done in earth as it is in heaven. God did not forget the prayers of his righteous ones, the saints, and also the other sheep. If read John chapter 10 verse 16. He is fulfilling all of those things stage by stage. And the righteous ones of God are not going to be sad, but they are going to be glorified because their hopes have not not been tossed to the ground, but they are going to be fulfilled from the ground straight up to the high heavens. God is going to exalt the righteous and make them a true beauty. In Isaiah chapter 16, verses 1, 3, and 13, Isaiah the prophet had stated, Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fir tree, the pine tree, and the box together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. I think I have now made it clear what the glorification of the church is in each of its levels or categories. St. Paul told us in Romans chapter 8 verse 18 that we cannot compare the sufferings 
that we have to go through in this world to the glorification that he is going to give to his children. In that verse, he stated, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. God is not going to forget his children, but he's going to make sure that the glory of the condemned is much less than the glory of his children. For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For if that which is done away was glorious, that much more that which remaineth is glorious. If read Job chapter 8 verse 7, Job also told us, Though the beginning was small, yet the latter end should greatly increase. And I choose to talk no further on the subject of the glorification of the church. To conclude this episode, we are once again going to hear a tune that some of us might enjoy. Hope you enjoyed this video. Hope you learned something most importantly. Please try to subscribe, share this video, and click the notification bell so that you can be notified when we make our next videos. Thank you for listening. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.